don't you blame the movies? Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Welcome back to the dark side. I'm your host, Brianna. And I'm Dyson. And this is episode 39 of Dark Adaptation. And it's the last episode of Spooky Season. Yeah, but the good news is we're spooky people, so. It's all spooky season for us. Exactly. And today, the last episode of Spooky Season, it is Halloween. So happy Halloween, everyone. Thank you. (laughs) I hope everyone has a safe and happy Halloween. And if you don't celebrate Halloween, that's okay. I hope that you still have a safe, fun day. Get all comfy on your bed and watch something that you love. Who doesn't celebrate? Well, yeah. Who doesn't celebrate Halloween? But then I realized there are a few. There's a lot of different religions and cultures that don't. Also, it's way bigger. Kidding. (laughs) Halloween is way bigger over here, like in the Western side, like Canada and US. Like even in UK and stuff, it's. They're like, whatever, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that recently. Like, Australia, like, it just started picking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I was going to say about the UK. Like, in the last 10 years or so, it's, like, better f- for, like, the kids and stuff. Whereas, just in the past, it's kind of like, whatever, it's just another day over here. <laughs> just a trait, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, if you haven't already... And you need some spooky content to fill your Halloween. You can check out our other October episodes because there is five total now with this one coming out. And all month we've been doing creepy stories and cases. So you could binge that if you haven't listened to any of them yet. We do. uh, We got our first episode of Spooky Season, which is a bunch of scary short stories then we did the trick-or-treat murders, which is a case from the 50s. Paige was on for her folklore series, and she did Bloody Mary, which was very cool. Yeah, it was. Last week, we did the haunted Hinsdale house, which was very scary. I heard from many people that that episode is our scariest episode yet. Freak me the fuck out, Brianna. <laughs> As I was telling Dyson the story, you could see color draining from his face. He was getting more and more creeped out. It was very vivid. But it was it was a good story, though. Very, very perfect for October and Halloween. And then this week, I have a gruesome tale for you. Uh-oh. It is the case of the Lisk family murders in Ottawa County, Ohio. Mm. Are you ready? Ready as it'll ever be. Let's do it. Huh. A triple homicide in Ottawa County this Halloween. Deputies won't say how the mother, father, and son died, but their suspects already behind bars. Barrett Andrews was the first reporter there, and he's on the scene with what we know. The sheriff says deputies have been called out to this house before. He couldn't say what those calls were about. Tonight, there will be more search warrants and a lot of piecing things together. Sheriff's deputies in the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Identification and Investigation Detectives will process the scene all night to figure out what led to Ottawa County's second homicide case in the past decade. I've been here 19 years. Okay, I've, I've never had a triple murder. On October 31st, 2010, 
16-year-old Devin Griffin stopped home around 9 a.m. to quickly change his shirt for church, where he sang in the choir. He ran into his stepbrother, BJ, which was a little odd. (laughs) BJ was out front loading some stuff into his dad's truck. What was weirder, BJ, who was typically dark and moody, was acting uncharacteristically happy and was talkative, asking Devin where he was going and how long he'd be gone for. Devin was in a hurry and didn't have time to analyze this encounter. He didn't see his mother, Susan, his brother, Derek, or his stepfather, Bill, and assumed that they were still sleeping or out and about since it was Sunday morning and Halloween. After the church service, Devin returned home and went straight up to his room to play video games. A couple hours passed, and Devin took a break from gaming to get a drink. He left his room and wondered why nobody was around yet, since it was the middle of the afternoon by this point. Derek's bedroom door was closed as though he were still in there sleeping, so Devin headed downstairs to the master bedroom to check on his mom and stepdad. They were still in bed, but with the comforter pulled up over their heads. Devin started talking to awake his mom. He walked around to her side of the bed, saw her foot sticking out from the comforter, and tapped her leg to rouse her, but there was no response. Devin continued talking to his mother as he pulled down the covers before stopping. Her pillow was soaked with red liquid. It looked like blood. Confused, he wondered if this was a messed up Halloween prank. Sadly, it was not. His mother and stepfather were truly covered in blood. He was scared and he started to cry. And in his panicked state, he ran out of the house for help, not thinking to check on his brother upstairs. But that was probably for the best, as the scene in Derek's room was even more gruesome. Okay, in the intro there, I did mention a lot of different names. So I think we'll start by just kind of getting to know who we're talking about here. Yeah. Can I can I ask first? Yeah. Who's Sloppy Toppy? Sloppy Toppy? Yeah. What podcast were you listening to? <laughs> Yours? Why? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't. I don't remember saying that. Oh. Maybe you're Sloppy Toppy. You really think so? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to the most gorgeous Sloppy Toppy. Okay, so we're going to start with William E. Lisk Jr who is the stepfather I was talking about, mm-hmm. Devin's stepfather. Now, he liked um, to go by Bill. So that's who I'll be talking about. Bill's the stepfather. Okay. And he is a Taurus. He was born on May 11th, 1957 in Toledo, Ohio. And he was 53 years old when he was murdered. God, this is so bullshit. I know. He was a United States Air Force veteran. He worked as a front-end loader for waste management, and he enjoyed hunting, fishing, gardening, and literally everything and anything outdoorsy. The property that they lived on was um, kind of in the middle of nowhere, but it was on 100 acres, Mm -hmm. so they could just do anything they wanted on the property. That's where they would do like a lot of their walking, hunting. He loved it, and he called it like his own personal heaven. Oh, okay. So he... (laughs) Really fucking loved it. This was his life. Mm -hmm. 
He was described as a loving father to his son from his first marriage, BJ. That's sloppy toppy. <laughs> sloppy. Well, how do you get sloppy toppy from BJ? <laughs> Ew. You don't know? <laughs> no, I'm a good Christian girl. All right. <laughs> and um, yes, yeah, so he's a loving father to his son from his first marriage, BJ, and a devoted husband to his second wife, Susan, who he married in 2001. Right. Now, Susan um, is Devin's mother, and she's an Aquarius. She was born on January 30th, 1964. So she was 46 years old when she was murdered. Also bullshit. So yeah. Imagine getting this far in life and then you're and then just getting fucking murdered. No, it's devastating. Like, Especially oh. in this case. Like it just honestly just so, it's so sad. It's so ugh. Ugh. Oh, you'll, you'll hear. You'll hear all about it. All right. That's what you're here for. Yeah. So Susan um had graduated from Oak Harbor High School in nineteen eighty two and then she enrolled in Terra Community College and she received an associate degree. She was the office manager for Northwest Ohio Carpenters Joint Apprenticeship and Training Committee. That's a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) I like to imagine she never used an acronym. Someone asked what she did and she just spouted that off. Yeah. Yeah. uh, She's also an office manager at Waste Management. Okay. And you'll remember that Bill worked at Waste Management. So that's actually where they met. And obviously ended up getting married so clearly they hit it off she was also a member of saint john uh evangel evan evangelical thank you why can i never say that i don't know it's every time though i can't ever say it (laughs) god i thought i was a good christian girl (laughs) that was a fucking lie (laughs) okay saint john evangelical lutheran church which is in oak harbor and she also enjoyed hunting, camping, gardening, anything outdoorsy. So oh they were. Oh my God, they sound adorable. Yeah, they're just like this match made in heaven. And she was said to have a big heart. She was a very loving mother, aunt, and friend. And she had two sons from her first marriage, Derek and Devin. I'm picturing stepbrothers. <laughs> I can't help it. Derek had a drum set. He got so mad at Devin every time he touched that drum set. <laughs> Always caught him lying, though. He was really good at that. <laughs> I actually don't know that, but it's <laughs> it's fun to pretend. So Derek is um, the older brother, and he's a Leo. He was born on July 30th, 1987. July 30th is also Steph's birthday. Oh. Just a little fun fact. And Derek was only 23 years old when he was murdered. Like his mother... He graduated from Oak Harbor High School, but in 2005. Mm-hmm. And he was really active in track. And in his senior year, he actually set a school record for the 4x2 relay in 2005. I had to Google what a 4x2 relay was because um, I'm not athletic at all. I'm not even a carpenter. <laughs> so a 4x2 relay, if you're wondering, is a track event in which teams comprise four runners who each complete 200 meters or half a lap on a standard 400 meter track oh so you gotta be quick yeah and that's not a marathon that's a fucking it's a sprint yeah it's like an extended sprint like that's the whole point is like you you do it and you do it fast yeah and yes yeah, so he had he had set a school record for that 
He was a second-degree black belt, and he fought in Italy for the U.S. Taekwondo team. Okay. <laughs> so they do karate in the garage. <laughs> I knew it! I told you! <laughs> Yo, you knew it. He was also a member of St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church. Thank you. Derek's favorite pastime was spending time on Lake Erie in his sailboat and on his father's inflatable dinghy. He loved to sneak it away in the early morning hours while the water was calm. That, I got that from um, Find a Grave. Someone who like knew the family had wrote that in there. Oh. And I was like, that's so nice and peaceful. Yeah, it's so tranquil. Yeah. And it's um, Ohio, which is like right on Lake, I believe, Lake Erie. Mm-hmm. So it's like perfect, yeah. which, which I believe is on Lake Erie. And I think I said Lake Erie, didn't yes, I you not? Did. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken. That's on Lake Erie. It's, I don't know why I was thinking like Michigan. I get the Finger Lakes mixed up. I just. I also don't like calling them Finger Lakes. I, don't want to talk about that. <laughs> uh, so Derek and his brother Devin were very close. Um, they really liked their new stepfather, Bill, and they had a good relationship with him. But they could not really say the same about their stepbrother, BJ, who was mm-hmm. uh, disrespectful and troubled. And that's just to say in the least, because BJ has some serious issues. And they're related to his name. Well, we can talk a little bit more about BJ if you want right here. So All right. BJ uh, goes by BJ, I assume, because it's Bill Jr. That was a disgusting sound. <laughs> People are probably like, did you hear that? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I heard that. Mm-hmm. So William Bill Jr. Lisk, BJ. It's just, it's so cool. You're grown at like eventually right like you can just decide not to be called bj yeah you're a grown adult you go by you don't go by that name anymore <sighs> but anyway bj he's a, a well, I'm, what i'm calling him because he's a dick <laughs> he's a sagittarius he's born on november 24th 1985 and uh like i said he's always been troubled troubled young man from a from a young age he was prone to outbursts which were usually just like emotional like temper tantrums Okay. And directed more at himself. Um, he was known to threaten self-harm, but his behavior escalated after his parents divorced. So he was in his early teens when that happened, when Bill and his biological mother separated and he started skipping school and his outbursts became more violent and weren't so much directed as at himself. They started to be directed at the people around him. Uh, he was... I read one in one place that he was known to be a bully to kids at school. Very I'm aggressive. Sh- shocked. He, it, it sort of makes sense why he would act out. Like, not the violence part, but just to act out because he is the, an only child. And he was very close with both of his parents, especially his mother. Mm-hmm. So then they get divorced when you're in these, like, pretty important years of your life. So, you know, kind of becoming rebellious is normal. But... Not to be so violent the way that he was. Yeah. And so, yeah, he just did not handle this, his little family, like, breaking up. And like I mentioned, his father, Bill, married Susan in 2001. Yeah. And Susan was, like, a really normal, lovely woman. She was a normal step-parent to BJ. So there was 
things that she would parent him on. She wanted to have rules in the house, like curfews, chores, just being a normal parent. Mm -hmm. But BJ hated it. He did not want Susan to have any sort of authority over him. He did not want her to tell him what to do. And things between them were strained from like day one. He was just resistant to her and disrespectful to her and just never grew out of it. Okay. And oh, shit. Yeah, he was he was just being a little shit, honestly. Yeah. And whereas you have the opposite side, Derek and Devin, who've also married into this family, they have a new stepbrother and a new stepdad, but they're both very normal, respectful. They like Bill. They try to get along with BJ, but they there was just that instant sort of um disconnect because they're being respectful to their new stepfather. And this prick is constantly disrespecting their mother and mm-hmm. it's like there was just that wedge there immediately like well yeah you're a fucking... that's kind of the trade-off right you <laughs> yeah you can be mad about a stepmom all you want but if the stepmom's got kids those kids are not gonna be too pleased with you being a little piece of shit i know and it's not like susan was doing anything wrong yeah. she's just being a parent yep like what i you want to live in this house of course there's rules there's curfews and chores need and to whatever break it to you, but children need boundaries i know like fuck BJ, the B wasn't for boundary, I guess. Sure wasn't. <laughs> there was a family friend and and a neighbor. As much as you can be a neighbor where they lived, it is pretty rural. But his name is Mark Gradell. And he told the police that Bill often called him to help, to come over and help if BJ was acting out. Quote, Bill would say, hey, come over, it's BJ, or BJ is getting goofy. But on at least one occasion, Derek, Susan's son, called me because BJ and Bill were physically fighting. End quote. Oh, fuck. Like throwing hands, like yeah. fighting. I want to know who won so badly. I hope it was Bill just beating his son's ass down. Yeah, honestly. Gradell also said that he talked with Bill a few times about the family's safety being jeopardized by BJ. Because he's just so aggressive and unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And he didn't trust, like, Gradell did not trust BJ at all. And had even gotten to the point where he suspected BJ killed his dog. Like, Gradell's dog. Oh, God. He went outside. Totally wrong. Well, he did. He went outside and his dog was shot twice with a twenty-two caliber weapon. Mm-hmm. And... There was many other neighbors and people in the area whose pets would go missing and die, obviously had been killed, and they suspected that it was BJ who was, like, torturing them. Shot twice, too, eh? hmm Yeah. And Gradell had mentioned all of his worries to Bill, just being like, I just want you to be careful because you... Bill, who loves his son... And you'll see throughout this story that all he wants is the best for BJ and he tries endlessly with him. Mm-hmm. He had sort of that filter with it. Like, well, he's my son. Like, he'd never hurt us. I know he seems troubled, but like, you don't have to worry, Mark. Like, BJ is not going to hurt us. Yeah. Just moment of silence for the drywall in my house. <laughs> <laughs> he probably was that fucking kid that punched holes in drywall. Absolutely. So in 2002, Bill... Uh, had to call the police because BJ was threatening self-harm the way that he often did. And when the cops showed up, BJ attacked them and he was charged with assaulting a peace officer and had to attend juvenile court. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
So he was intelligent. Very. <laughs> He's sharp as a whip, let me tell you. In October 2004, BJ physically assaulted Susan when he punched her in the chest. And then two months later, so December of 2004, he assaulted her again when he hit her with a coffee cup and then stole her car. So this time around, Susan pressed charges and he was charged for the assault and theft, but was ultimately found incompetent to stand trial for the charges and they were dropped by the state and instead he was ordered to undergo treatment and a mental health assessment okay so he underwent these assessments and he was ultimately diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder and he was put on medication Mm -hmm. Uh, if you're interested schizoaffective disorder is a mental health disorder that is marked by a combination of schizophrenia symptoms such as hallucinations or delusions and mood disorder symptoms such as depression or mania okay so So he could just that sucks because that's a huge combination yeah it's it's a very serious diagnosis but he was put on medication and ordered to be taking them. And mm-hmm. like I said, Bill was a good father who wanted his son to have help and when, and would do his best to monitor his medications and make sure he was taking them. And as long as he was taking his medication, he, like BJ, was manageable. He was semi-tolerable. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'd ever be totally tolerable. Absolutely not. But... It's unfortunately common in a lot of cases and just people individually that you cycle between taking them and then stopping taking your medicine because like you feel like you're getting better or whatever is particular to that person. But Mm -hmm. that's what he would do. He would cycle between taking them and not taking them. And when he wasn't medicated, his behavior was so erratic and dangerous that Bill couldn't take it anymore and he ended up kicking BJ out of the house after a terrible incident okay so 18 year old bj snuck into the bathroom as susan was taking a shower you and in this vulnerable state also it was early in the morning so she's tired just getting up to start her day she's in the shower he attacks her in the, the shower what the fuck yeah i'll write uh, in one source that he attempted to rape her Mm-hmm. But regardless, he completely took her by surprise in there. Yeah. And it's just so creepy and gross because how much more vulnerable are you than when you think you're in private in the bathroom having a shower? Yeah. And he snuck in there and attacked her and she fought hard and she defended herself. And he ultimately you know, didn't complete his attack or whatever he was trying to do to her. But Mm -hmm. she was terrified and traumatized. Yeah. And this was when Bill was like, I am done with you. You, you're out. He was 18 years old. So he's an adult now. And he was out in the streets and he was homeless because Bill was like, I'm doing what I can for you. You keep blowing it. Now you're attacking my wife who's traumatized. Thank you very much. Yeah. So BJ lived like that for a while out in the streets. uh, But Bill was... Always, like, trying to help him. He was his only son. He wanted him to get better, and he wanted him to get the help that he needed. And over the next few years, BJ was hospitalized a few times for his mental health issues. And Bill was always there by his side, making sure that he was okay, making sure that he understood what the doctors were saying, what the reason was for the hospitalization. Um, And eventually, 
after BJ's therapist deemed him a danger to himself and others, Bill filed for guardianship over BJ. And the application states, quote, Mr. Lisk wants to protect William to get him the help that he needs. He would eventually like to see him in a halfway house or a group home. When William is on his medication, he does good. After a while... After a while, he will stop taking it because he thinks he's okay, and he'll start drinking and smoking pot. End quote. Oh, good. Yeah, I want that on top of everything. Mm-hmm. So he was he was old, like older at this point. He's in his, pushing into his twenties, and mm-hmm. Bill's like, "This fucking kid is can't even take care of himself." So he's like, "I always have to step in here. I know he's an adult, but I need to." file for guardianship and take care of him Mm -hmm. and it worked the application was successful because bj was put into a sandusky group home for mental health patients okay to at least be off the streets to have somebody monitoring him making sure he's taking his medication um and you know they lived happily ever after because bj got the help he needed yay thank you for tuning in yeah good night everyone Sadly, he did not thrive in this place. You bet you fucking lied to me. I'm sorry, I lied to you. Oh. His father puts oh. him gets him into this group home, trying to get him the help that he needs, and he is just a dick here. He's fighting with everybody. He's fighting with staff. He's fighting with patients. And when Bill comes to visit, he's even fighting with him. Like physically, beating beating people up. And the police were called three times because of violent outbursts. I was lied to. Okay. I just want to say that right up. Uh, my feelings were hurt. I'm sorry your feelings were hurt. I'm emotionally vulnerable right now. Can I do anything? Not lie anymore? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm over it. Okay. Jesus. So yeah, they're fighting all the time. The police have been called three times now. Um, It didn't stop bill from going there though and trying to help him being there for his son i mean i've said that 900 times because it's just so sad bill did not give up on his kid mm-hmm. always there always trying it <sighs> bj's yeah. just a fucking little demon oh, it's, it's it's so shitty because like that dad should not be in in charge of any of that because it's just way over his head yeah but it's your only son yeah, I know. And it is, I can imagine so many parents would have gave up by now and been like, well, you're not allowed back at the house. You obviously can't be trusted. And like, you're on your own. Fend for yourself. But he's like, he's my only son. And everyone has said like, he's a really great husband. He's a really great father. He's so loving. He just wanted to help. Mm-hmm. So that's just what hurts the most about all of this. It's like, fuck. These are the people that you want to be out there, that you hope are out there. Mm-hmm. These good heart, like, just heart-filled people who are so selfless. And mm-hmm. this is the story that gets told about them. Yeah. It's just so dark. So just one week before the murders, Bill took some vacation time so that he could spend one-on-one time with BJ to try and bond with them, better their relationship have bj in a place where he can just feel safe talk one-on-one with his dad and it's like been reported that they would do this like 
not really often, but they would they would do this sort of like vacation getaway once in a while. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, BJ was pretty normal, happy that he could just be with his dad. They were doing something they loved together and he would open up about his feelings and how he was dealing with his mental health and stuff mm-hmm. and kind of would forget about all of like the negativity that he just was always bringing into the world and with his stepmother and stuff and he would just kind of for a moment at least be a normal person right so bill continued doing that taking him out there on these like vacations because it was seemingly doing something good Mm -hmm. so they went to the family's cabin in carroll county for some deer hunting they were there about a week and then they headed home so when they got home they grabbed some beers and they had to get together with like some friends and neighbors and stuff just to hang out Shoot the shit. Have a good, have a good night. You know, it was Saturday. Uh, so Derek, um, the stepbrother, he wasn't at the get together because obviously him and BJ did not get along. So rightfully so. He's like, I don't want to be around him if I don't have to be. Yeah, honestly, I'd be the exact same. And then Devin, the other stepbrother, he wasn't there because he was at his dad's house that weekend and he didn't come home until Sunday after church. So mm-hmm. it was just... um. BJ there with his dad and like the neighbors and stuff. Susan might have been there a little bit, but it's mostly just BJ and his dad hanging out, having a normal Saturday night. Now, typically, BJ was not allowed to spend the night at the house because of, you know, exhibit A through Z I've already talked about. Yeah, the attempted rape. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He couldn't be trusted. He was unpredictable. It was just typically and usually 99% of the time a no-go. But... Bill had his share of beers at the get-together. It was over by midnight, so it was late. And he didn't want to drive BJ back to the Sandusky group home. And I mean, based on everything I've told you about BJ, he probably was uncomfortable asking anyone else to drive BJ back Mm -hmm. to the group home. So, you know, Bill was like, okay, it's for one night. We had such a good time. We were away for the week together. You've been like normal good um you can just sleep on the couch in the living room and so he made up a bed for him and let him spend the night oh my god i'm cringing so hard it's just like devastating though yeah like that's just the only word it's just devastating can't even have him in the house for the one night one night so this brings us to the next day sunday which is when Devin comes home for a few minutes. He changes his shirt to get ready for church. He has that strange encounter with BJ where he's like, why is this fucking kid so happy and like upbeat? He's always mm-hmm. this like emo kid. Yeah. And also, why is he in this house? He shouldn't even be in this house. And he's like, I don't have time to, to stew on this. Like I have to go to church because he sings in the choir and mm-hmm. he's a good church boy. Yeah. So that's where we are um, up to in our story. I hate it. I hate this kid so much. I do too. And if you don't, there's something wrong with you. Hello, lovely listeners. If you're enjoying the show, please take a moment to rate us five stars wherever you're listening. If you've already rated us, thank you so much for helping our show grow. Now, if you're looking for something new to listen to once you're done with this episode, check out one of our favorite shows.
Do you like horror movies? Do you like hanging out with your buddy? Do you like cracking jokes and having a good time? Do you just like fun? Well, consider checking out Spoils of Horror. We are an hour-long podcast that comes out every single week. We're not doing reviews. We're just going to hang out, talk about the movies we love with each other, and hopefully the ones you love too. Covering everything from the popular, the lost, the forgotten, and the bizarre. If you're looking for a good podcast and a good time, you're going to want to check us out. We're on all major podcasting platforms, and you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. Check it out. We'll see you there. So, you know, Devin changes his shirt. He comes downstairs. He's getting ready to go to church. He sees BJ in the driveway, like, loading some random shit into his dad's truck. Mm -hmm. And he's like, do not have time to process this. I'm going to church. Goodbye. Yeah, creepy fucker not trying anymore. No, he's like, "I'm, I'm just out of here. I don't have time for this. And so he goes to church. And then, meanwhile, BJ had been loading some stuff into that truck it's a ford f-150 and he gets in it and he drives three hours to the cabin in carroll county where he just was with his father and you know does whatever he's doing (laughs) on the drive to the cabin so then Devin comes home later after church and that's when he finds the horrible scene after he's taken a break from his video games and stuff Mm -hmm. and runs out of the house and who he calls for help is his aunt Lori, who's also susan's sister and in a panic he's telling her what he just saw this horrible scene and so Lori goes to the house to like console him and also calls 911 because she realizes how bad it is mm-hmm. so the authorities arrived really quickly and ottawa county sheriff's deputies were tasked with locating bj who was their prime suspect now, there, he was the prime suspect because upon getting there and seeing the scene and looking around, there's no signs of forced entry. There's no signs of robbery. So they are sure that whoever is responsible for this is someone close to the family or had access to the house. Was likely let in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something of that nature. Devin, who was the only surviving person there, had also very initially and very early on been a suspect. And that's just because he is the only survivor um, and a potential witness. Mm -hmm. But he was like immediately ruled out because there was a neighbor and she said that she heard banging and looking back realizes that it was likely gunshots. And this was around six in the morning, 630 in the morning. And remember, Devin was at his father's house. He spent the weekend at his father's house. So he couldn't have been there and committed this. Right. And then they also ran a background check on Devin, and it's like clean as a whistle. There's nothing. Literally a choir boy. Yeah, literally Literally. a choir boy. There's nothing there that would um, be a red flag. Whereas he tells the police, like, well, I did run into BJ, who isn't supposed to be here, and he was, like, loading some stuff into my stepdad's truck. It was kind of weird. Made the police's job a little easier. Yeah. So they're like, okay, well, let's look into BJ. And they're like, holy shit, red flags galore. Yeah. Because he's in she's in trouble all the time with the cops for fighting. He's got the assault charges. He's always 
like assaulting a stepmom, like they're like, okay, there's a history of violence here. Obviously, this is our prime suspect. Mm-hmm. And the truck that Devin saw BJ loading some stuff into was his stepfather, BJ's dad's truck and it's still not there like it's gone so they're like Mm -hmm. okay well now he's most likely taking this truck perfect prime suspect so they learned about the cabin in carroll county and they assume that if bj is on the run going anywhere he would go to that cabin and hide out there so the investigation became um just just um initially it was a joint police effort because they were fearing that if they didn't act immediately um that bj would you know go actually on the lamb or something they could lose him yeah so ottawa county where the murders happened filed one murder charge against bj just so that they could sort of have this warrant out for him and then carroll county sheriff's deputies were um had like the ability to go in and arrest him if he was at the cabin because he's wanted for murder yeah so Ottawa County investigators are at the crime scene. They're examining it. They're searching for evidence. And that's when they find Bill and Susan in their beds. They had been shot to death. Mm-hmm. According to coroner records, Bill was shot five times in the head and face at close range. Oh. About one to two feet away. So, right. Fucking very little left. Right in the face, yeah. Yep. And uh, he was in a, like, he was lying in a natural, like, sleeping position. Um, and so they assumed that BJ went in there, shot him while he was sleeping and then covered him with the blanket. Mm-hmm. Susan wasn't, didn't look like she was in a natural position. She kind of was sprawled out. She looked more awkward and it suggested to investigators that she was moved. Mm-hmm. So she had been shot three times again at close range. The bullets were determined to be small caliber, 22s. Mm-hmm. Remember what Mark Graydell had said? Yeah. My dogs dog. were shot with a 22. So uh doesn't look good for BJ there. Nope. A medical examination revealed that Susan looked so awkward and sprawled out because she had been raped after she was killed. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, now we know for sure the intentions about the shower mm-hmm. incident. Just disgusting. No shell castings were found. Fa- shell castings, put a T in there. No shell castings were found at the scene. So whoever had killed the uh, parents took the shells with them uh, to like whatever, pick them up, cover their tracks, whatever that they were doing. Is that a good way to cover your track? <laughs> or is that just like a some idiot thought of that in the moment was like, I'm a genius? I don't know. If you like, gonna dig the bullets out of their bodies then maybe but like there's a bullet in them yeah no it was a 22 yeah so it's bj though like yeah <laughs> so next crime scene is uh to go upstairs and they find that derek's room is locked so they have to kick in the door and when they do they find him curled up in the fetal position in bed facing a blood-stained wall According uh, to the coroner's findings, he suffered blunt force trauma to the head and most likely died within a few minutes of the first blow. So he was not shot. He was actually bludgeoned with a claw hammer. That's so fucked up. Yes. And they found the bloody claw hammer in a closet of the house. 
and coroners found that both sides of the hammer were consistent with Derek's wounds. Oh, fucking both sides of a claw hammer. Mm-hmm. Gross. Investigators had a theory um, as to why there was different murder weapons used. So having like a blunt object and a gun. And they think that BJ went in there and killed Derek first and used the hammer because it was quieter than a gun. So he to could not wake up the parents. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he could take Derek out and then <sighs> went down. That's why Bill was in that line, like natural sleeping position because he shot him first mm-hmm. and then got to do to Susan what he obviously has been thinking about doing. Yeah. It's fucking disgusting. This kid, when he does this, is like 24. Yeah. Like, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. So it was. Freak. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was determined that the three of them had been dead for some time. Um, it's consistent with the neighbor saying that the gunshots were heard around 630 in the morning. It lines up with the time of death, mm-hmm. meaning that Devin had been in the house with his dead family members for hours which is horrific that is a nightmare to go in in the first place quickly to just change your shirt mm-hmm. being like oh, i didn't see my family whatever it's maybe it's, it's sunday it's early they're probably just sleeping in mm-hmm. going back after church and they're still not up and you're like okay like it is weird but i mean maybe they're partying the night before which they were yeah uh hours yeah. You're in your own world playing video games mm-hmm. in this silent house. And it's silent because literally your whole family is fucking dead. Yeah. Like, I have full body chills because that is just a nightmare mm-hmm. to have to live with that after. To be like, I just hung out in a house for hours alone with dead people. Yep. My loved ones. That's just so scary. Yeah. So Devin told investigators that the family had lots of guns. Which they did. They were avid hunters. They had 100 acres of property. They had a hunting cabin. Mm-hmm. Like, it's America. Like, people love fucking hunting. Yep. So the investigators seized pretty much all of the guns for testing so that they could match what gun was used to shoot Susan and Bill. Mm-hmm. And then the guns and other evidence from around the house were sent to the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Identification and Investigation for the forensic testing. That was a mouthful. Yeah, well done. But I still can't say evangelical. 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 Yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Upon searching the scene, investigators found muddy footprints along a deck near the family's pond. Mm-hmm. So they were like thinking that maybe whoever used this gun, BJ, threw the gun into the pond. Yeah. So they were like, we already sent off, or we're going at this point, we're going to send off all these guns to to be forensically tested we should like dredge the pond see if they're that's why it's all muddy look at these muddy footprints to see if the gun is in there so they did later drain the pond and they didn't find the gun they had weapon sniffing dogs on the property weapon sniffing dogs mm-hmm. i didn't even know those were a thing oh yeah you can get any dogs trained in smelling anything drug dogs weapons cadavers all kinds of dogs damn so they had them out on the property. They couldn't find any weapon. Um, so this is all also like feet on the ground investigating the scene. Like, 
immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a very impressive response. So, yeah, BJ, he was at the cabin. You know, he took his dad's truck, headed out there. And he was only there for less than an hour before the Carroll County Sheriff's deputies rolled up while he was out front. He was hacking a dart. And uh, they took him into custody. They searched the cabin in the Ford F-150. And inside the truck, they saw what Devin had seen him loading, mm-hmm. which was a bloody... 90 90 jesus christ a bloody 22 caliber rifle okay. so they had their murder weapon and then bj was sent to the ottawa county corrections so that's where the like sort of joint police police effort ended it was just to communicate with them to get them out there mm-hmm. fast and find him because the cabin was like three hours away three hours away 170 miles away or something so it was far yeah and you don't want to buggering off uh-uh. and you got a nationwide search yeah i'm fucking manhunt for him god well we had we had the oh, this has happened several times so i can't even pin it down but there there's <laughs> one in alberta remember that oh yeah is it alberta i think it started in vancouver actually i don't know i'm thinking of like two <laughs> different ones yeah, there's like well, the brothers and then there was like the friends and then there yeah, was the, the husband and wife the two fucking friends who who like shot people and yeah. like just like pulled cars over and then killed them. And then oh, they went like so callous. they like buggered off into the woods and the police were searching for weeks. There was a national wide like like warrant and everyone had to know who they were and crap and then they they're like, "Well, they they may be in this deep woods in the middle of buttfuck nowhere in northern Canada." And it's like, "No, they couldn't take it, so they killed themselves like within the bush line." Yep. Yep. In an area that had a heavy presence, search presence. So it's like, how'd you not see them? Yeah. Yeah, that was crazy. And that's what these officers were trying to avoid. They were like, we don't want to have to do that. So Carroll County, get out there, please. Yeah. Get this little fucker. So they did. They got him, put him in custody. He's at Ottawa County Corrections. And as if this story isn't devastating enough, you have three people in a family that are just taken out by this selfish little prick. The next day, so November 1st, Mm -hmm. while the family is reeling, grappling with the fact that three people that they love have been murdered, Bill's sister was killed in a house fire. Oh, fuck. Because her garage caught on fire and it was deemed like um, the investigation showed that it was an accident, but she died in a house fire. So now this family in less than 24 hours loses four family members Mm -hmm. and it's bill's sister so their mother has lost two children that's so fucking shitty like what are the chances of that yeah that is the saddest worst luck ever Mm -hmm. so now especially Devin, who's 16 he's 16 years old Mm -hmm. he finds his stepdad and his mother dead he knows his brother was murdered who he was very close with and now his it's his, it's his step family, but you still find out that there's another death. Mm-hmm. Like, it is insane. And <laughs> I wrote here, and the rotten cherry on top. Oh, God. That's gross. <laughs> when detectives from the Ottawa County Sheriff's Office went to the cabin to look for evidence. So Carroll County is the one who took BJ into custody, but it's Ottawa County's investigation. So they have to go there right. and search the cabin, look for evidence, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
they found an uneaten Subway sandwich on the counter. So they're looking at security footage to see, like, did this little fucker actually stop at Subway on the way home? Like, after murdering on the way to the cabin? Yeah, he did. Totally calm, in Subway, ordering a sandwich. And that, to me, is just the grossest thing you have no remorse to the point that you still have an appetite yeah you're you're going to like a cabin in the woods because you're like oh now i can just go retreat here eat my subs smoke my cigarettes and have a fucking ball yeah it's not even like a fuck i know i have to eat it's a requirement i'm gonna stop through a drive-thru no i'm literally gonna pick the one where i have to scamper in and talk to people and you know pick up my condiments and, mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff and yeah, and they saw the security footage, and he was just, like, chill, relaxed as can be. He was having a blast. He was fucking stole shit-eating truck, grin. Sold, stole, stole, stole that fucking Ford F-150. I'm just so hyped up. Ford Duff. You ever go out for a date with your cousin and accidentally fuck your dad? That's what it's like. Dr- Never mind. God. Can I overlay some fucking really tough guy? music under that oh well for keeping it then that's the only way we'll keep it <laughs> all right deal you're you're a fucking idiot yeah moving on <laughs> okay speaking of moving on bj was moved from ottawa county corrections to erie county jail because um a family member of one of the victims worked at ottawa county corrections so he had to get moved just you know more for yeah. his safety, I'm sure. Probably because they everyone understands how easy it would be to just bribe a prisoner there. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that just be so tempting, though? Not inciting any sort of violence, but I mean, it it would just be so tempting. I would do it, 100%. Like, you murdered my family. Yeah. Well, I'd be like, little... oh, you know what? Like, <sighs> damn it, man. It's it's time for your, like, mandatory de-lousing and hose down. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, this procedure, trust me. It's your first day, you wouldn't get it. Outside? <laughs> Let's go BJ. Beat him with a hose. <laughs> so BJ was charged in Ottawa County Common Pleas Court with aggravated murder after forensic testing confirmed that Susan, Bill, and Derek's DNA were on BJ's clothing and the um, twenty two caliber rifle. Mm-hmm. He... If he was found guilty, then he faced the death penalty, and he was held on a $3 million bond. No one paid that bond. Don't worry. Good. <laughs> well, you have to pay like 10% of a bond, I think. Are you serious? I think so. Oh, you, of course you can, of course they'll just collect interest. Mm-hmm. So whatever like $3 million is, I think you actually have to pay 10% of that and then they could be on out on bond. How to I'm, ruin your, your credit and everything for some schmuck. It's a little fucking schmuck. So yes, given BJ's mental health history, the court appointed BJ with a guardian and approved a competency evaluation to determine how to proceed with the like impending trial because it's they've had history with this he had been charged in 2004 for assaulting susan and stealing her car mm-hmm. but those were dropped by the state because he couldn't stand trial instead he underwent all of those like mental health assessments and stuff yeah and at the time of the murder he was under guardianship mm-hmm. bill was his guardian so it was a complicated situation they had to figure out exactly how to proceed with that so if 
he goes under this medical testing and the medical personnel find that he's incompetent to stand trial, then the court would have to determine if he could be rehabilitated to a suitable level of competency. Mm -hmm. So it was this crazy convoluted situation of figuring out how to get BJ to trial. They it off the order of fucking Subway sandwich. Right. And drive and, you know, murder. Yeah. And thankfully, they didn't have to worry about all of this headache because they weren't going to have a trial. In September 2011, BJ pled guilty to the murders. So you don't have to have a trial for that. And he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, where he would serve it at Ross Correctional Institution. Now, his lawyers accepted a plea deal and let BJ make a plea deal after they had been unsuccessfully arguing that he was insane. Mm -hmm. And also more likely to avoid a death sentence if he was found guilty, which, of course, he would have been. Right, because they still had that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Ohio does, yeah. Mm -hmm. Has a death sentence, death penalty. In court, um, after taking the plea and addressing everyone, he apologized for the murders. But, you know, he was sure to blame his actions on mental illness and Satan. And Satan. Mm-hmm. Classic. Two men, they're just... Those two are just something else. Mental illness and Satan, man. I'm sorry I killed them, but also Satan. Shut the mm. fuck up, BJ. <laughs> Satan specifically caught interest in me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> are you ready for this? I don't know, but hit me with it. At 11.35 p.m. on March 31st, 2015, 29-year-old BJ was found dead in his prison cell. There were no signs of foul play, and his injuries appeared to have been self-inflicted. So BJ is dead. Oh, no. No. Someone's going to clean that up. (laughs) Damn it, Tyson. (laughs) So, I mean... That's the that's the devastating story of what BJ did to this fucking poor family. It's devastating because you have Bill here who loves his son, his only son. He tried endlessly to help him, get him. He was his guardian. He was making sure he took his medication. He was helping him. He tried endlessly. He never, ever gave up on his son. And then you have Susan and Derek. They did nothing wrong other than just be a part of this family. Mm-hmm. And... and that's it there's part of the family all they did was marry into this family it would have been everybody would have been so happy and would have had such a like amazing family had it not been for this one little shit bj he just he just ruins everything he touches he can't go anywhere without causing trouble he can't be around anyone without causing trouble and trauma he was just a little disease yeah they should call him lockjaw because he sure makes for a shitty bj (laughs) the worst (laughs) All teeth. Like peel and a carrot. Oh, Lord. And then the the thing that I just I already said it, but I just can't get over it is like Devin was all alone in that house, an mm-hmm. isolated house with the corpses of his dead family on Halloween. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. It's a fucking nightmare. It is a nightmare. That's why this is. This is, uh, I mean, I don't know what to say. There's really no words for something that just disgusting. It's so horrible. It's so dark. And I I hope he's doing well. He's in hell with Satan. No, 
Uh, Devin. Oh, Devin. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was just like good. a little fucking prick, <laughs> BJ. You little stupid fuck. Um, yeah, I hope Devin is doing well too. He's, I mean, at least he has his biological father. You know, mm-hmm. it's there's still some family around there for him. I hope that. Unlike BJ, who doesn't know how to fucking get any help for himself, I hope that Devin was gifted like some sort of resources and had people to talk to. He called his aunt mm-hmm. to come on that day, so yeah, his I, church community. I bet. I hope that he just is doing as well as you can. There's no way in the history of Earth that you just get over something like this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've think and thankfully have never been through something like this, but I just. Yeah, just thoughts, thoughts, prayers, hearts are with Devin, his family that is still out there. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine having to go through this. Oh, my God. And just wanting to wring that little shit's neck. That would have killed him in prison somehow. I hate this kid so much. Because yeah. it's like, it's not even like you can sympathize. Like, well, you know, he, he had a hard life. He he went through a lot. He didn't get the help he needed. It's like, this guy was gifted resources and love at every corner he was he was granted that he had a father who just loved him and wanted to help him he had a mother he was close with he had a diagnosis at least he, he knew what medicine he had to take he knew what to do to better his life and he's just, just this little fucking asshole yeah so yeah that's the most frustrating part mm-hmm. it's like you don't even have an iota of an excuse which wouldn't have been worth anything anyway, but oh my god, I'm so heated. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> Fuck. Um, also sad because this is the last episode of Spooky Season. It is. But, you know, we always release on Monday, so you guys are lucky. Five, five episodes mm-hmm. for Spooky Season. So, you know, if you haven't yet listened to our other October episodes, do it because you're in for a treat. They're all... Quite entertaining, quite spooky. I like the Hinsdale House one. I also really like the Bloody Mary one. Yeah, the Hinsdale House one is probably my favorite, like that we've ever done. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I had the, I had a creepy time researching that one. It was also hard, <laughs> but it was so interesting and telling it mm-hmm. was worth it, especially to see your face <laughs> as I was telling you Hinsdale House, <laughs> your face gradually just getting more and more like, just done and mm-hmm. scared <laughs> and um i think i told you my mom had sent me a text just like holy shit this was so scary and there was a little gif of like spongebob hiding in his bed <laughs> holding the blanket up she was like that was the fucking scariest episode you've ever done yeah and then um a couple of our podcasting friends messaging us and just being like holy shit that episode was so creepy good job nice so yeah um, well, that's it for October, though. Now I have to say goodbye to our sweet theme song. Oh, we'll make another one. I like that October one. I know. We will. But we'll we can make a creepy Christmas one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can make anything creepy. Like, who's gonna stop me? Not me. Like, not you, listener. I'm talking to you. I'm breaking the fourth wall. Well, that was probably actually very upsetting for somebody. <laughs> yeah, you just throw out a name, Dan. Jessica, <laughs> listen. I'm gonna talk to you. Listen, Marie. You cannot kill your family tonight. Not tonight. That was so dark. 
Where did you even go right there? What were you looking at? I thought it'd freak him out. I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> God, guess what, guys? This is what you get next week because next week is the first episode of November. And guess what? It's episode 40. And guess what else? It's your boy. You get that. A whole ass episode. Yeah, you got me for a whole episode, and I got you for three minutes. <laughs> three minutes of playtime. I'd be so fucking mad if you come on here and tell a three-minute story, and then you're done. <laughs> like, do you not understand the assignment, Dyson? But what if I came on with, like, a bone saw story? I don't want to hear it. Uh, I don't want to hear it. It's fine. Don't listen, then. Do you know what you're going to do? Maybe. Is it a surprise? Yeah. Okay, so then follow us. On Instagram, okay, everyone, you listener. Hey, you're still there, right? I hope. Follow us on Instagram, Dark Adaptation Podcast. That is where we will post the November schedule because this kid might tell me he might not. So we'll see about the first week. But the rest of it, you know, your girl's back. I'll be here hosting. Mm-hmm. I'll post on there what uh, episodes, cases, stories, whatever we're going to be doing. And yeah, when you're there, on our social media, Instagram, Dark Adaptation Podcast. We also um, have a little message button, you know? You message it. You send us case suggestions. Yeah. I want them. Yeah. I want them. Yeah. And I'm going to do them if you tell me to do them. We're going we're gonna to do it. And guess what? There's also a little shop button on Instagram. It's a merch store. You know what's in there? A beautiful embroidered iron-on patch. Mm-hmm. Guess what else? Dude, it's only $14. You don't even have to pay shipping. That's yeah. that's it. Fourteen dollars. No no tax, no shipping. N- nothing. Fourteen flat. Yeah. You're here still, right? You're listening. Slap it on your backpack. Slap it on your backpack. Slap, slap it on your hat. Slap it on your jean jacket. Slap it on that ass. Ooh. Slap it on your parents. <laughs> Get one for your slap dog. Slap it on your parents' ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Put it on a little vest for your cat. Oh. Put it on a stuffed animal. I don't care. Love it. Buy it. $14. Okay? Love you very much. Tune in next week. Dyson will be here. In the meantime, have a safe, wonderful, spooky Halloween. We will. We will. Catch you on the dark side. Bye. (laughs) What? I'm imagining what it would be like if you, like, bring in the groceries. And then you're like, hey, I got her some deli meat. And it's like fucking brown salami. You open it, the smell that would come out of that. And then you're just sitting there gnawing on it. And then I have to live with you for the next 24 hours while you're just dying out of both ends of food poisoning. (laughs) You gotta even it out because one of the worst issues about food poisoning is when you send it on the toilet. So I would also pair it quite elegantly with a nice something that's just gonna bung me up right so, oh like, lord i'll feel ill but i'm not gonna be like you know shitting everywhere i don't, I don't have to worry about that i really don't know i think it's start coming out your mouth oh. jesus christ what <laughs> so happy i didn't win the charcuterie pack with the bucket though i'm not gonna buy it here now you have a blooper oh